I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, quest. This is Vic Cohen, and it is always a fair question. Thanks. Thanks. Boy, I am so tongue-tied because I am so excited. It's been a while since we've done a show, and we have changed our studio location. We are now at uh, a different... We're in a different part of Los Angeles. We are in an entirely different room, but it's the same show. And I am so glad that you are all here with us. We have an amazing show for you. We, it's just me. <laughs> and Jeremy, you know Jeremy, he runs the place. The guy's amazing. He set up this incredible studio. He's the guy's like seriously a genius at this. And uh, so this is our, while we've been doing the show for a long time, and please subscribe if you haven't yet. This is kind of like a first show too, because we're in a new location. And so being a first new show, this is also a first for our guest. She is a very special woman. And I had the good fortune to meet her. Um, it's only been about a week, maybe not, maybe three days, four days. I'm very aggressive. When I see someone who I find interesting, who I think would be a great guest for you to meet and for me to get to know better, I jump on it. And I jumped on this. Her name is Katie Michaels. Hello, Katie. Hi there. How are you? Great. How are you? I am doing great. Now, I need you to get really right on top of that mic. Can you get even closer? Yes. Okay. Are you nervous? Yes. Okay. Um, and that's understandable. Now, this is the first time you've been interviewed uh, in a more public way, right? Or really any way about transitioning from your former life as a guy, right? Correct. To who you truly believe or let's say who you were born to be. Correct. Or were. Yes. Or are. <laughs> I want to be very careful, you know, because I want to be respectful and, and, uh, and I do have such respect for you. Thank you. So yeah, just, um, if you can, you know, just relax and you can do no wrong here. Great. Yeah. So, um, first of all, tell me why, how'd you pick the name Katie? I went through a list of names and it was just something that stuck. Um, I like it because it's peppy and feminine. Okay. It is feminine and you spell it in a certain way. K-A-T-Y. Why with the Y? It's just what rang true to me. Okay. And now, um, prior to the show, we talked about your male name, which we're not going to get into. Correct. Uh, and it, it makes sense because it's kind of the past, right? Yep. And that's not who you are today. Nope. Although you can't ignore the past either. No. Now, if I were to become, uh, if I felt I were a woman and were to be a woman, I already picked out my name. Oh, yeah? Vicky. Okay. And why the Y? I think it'd be an I. Okay. So there. <laughs> yeah. One of my nieces calls me Vicky. Mm. Uncle Vicky. There we go. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So that would be, that would be my name. So when we say this is, when I say this is the first time, uh, how, how public have you been about uh, changing and, and like I said, being true to yourself in this way? Well, I created a new Facebook page. Um, went from the previous Facebook I basically then became uh, Katie on a new Facebook page. And um, on another professional website, I just changed it from the previous name to the current name. Um, and my, my entire family knows um, I recently transitioned on the job on December 7th, um, on my job, and um, I'm full-time. So 
that's kind of everyone knows. Okay, so uh, we are at the towards the end of December right now. Correct. So it's been uh, that's about two weeks ago. Correct. They, now, how was that? You when you say you tr- officially transitioned at work, does that mean suddenly you're using the ladies' room? Correct. Yes. And how did the ladies' room compare to the men's room? Were you disappointed? <laughs> no, no, it's not about what it looks. <laughs> I like. know, but was it cleaner? I know. <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. I they, don't know. I mean, it just depends on where you go. <laughs> they always say Tender that. greens. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, I no, don't. but I meant at work. Yeah. It's the same. Anyway, okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because they say that it's actually the ladies' room. Mm. But then I always hear women complain when they use the men's room how disgusting it is. Anyway, so well, we don't have urinals. That's right. True. So there's, but so you came to work. Um, how does that work at work? Like, do you talk to your manager first? And what so, kind of industry are you in? I'm a social worker. Okay, so it seems like that'd be an understanding environment for this. Yes. And what was uh, the talk? When, you know, so there's a process. Um, there's a book that you can read that talks called True Selves, and it uh, you can it tells you what you might do, which would be to go to your HR, your human resources manager, and explain that you want to transition and ha- ask them how they can help. And then I I constructed an email to send out to my colleagues, and I sent it, and um, I received an incredible amount of support. And, you know, I'd, I'd already told my family months before, so I was preparing me to do that in a way that would be to already have support behind me when I move forward. Were there people in the office who were like, uh, of course, like, I mean, this doesn't surprise us or what was the response? Um, it was mixed. I mean, no, every single person has been supportive. I mean, I can tell though that there are some people that are uncomfortable, but that's okay. That's not about me. It's about them. Right. Um, you know, in my personal life, um, I've heard all kinds of things that like, for example, I had a professor in grad school who said she always thought I was a woman um, or um, I, they always thought of me as their girlfriend or, you know, friends or they just were like, I always felt your presence as fe- feminine and this doesn't surprise me and I'm really happy for you. I mean, and that's what I continually get is people are just genuinely happy for me. And uh, when you hear that, is there a sense of like um, confirmation that, this is the right choice. Absolutely, yes. Because it can be conf- it can be confusing, right? Yeah, I mean, it was confusing until I made the decision. What was the pivot, <clears throat> like the, the moment? That, was there a defining uh, event? Yeah, uh, I was at uh, Gay Pride on uh, June 14th in Los Angeles. Um, prior to transitioning to this Katie. This year, this yep, last year. Yep, um, prior to transitioning as Katie, I identified as a gay man um, and I'll, um, get to the defining moment, but I came out in uh, 1989 uh, at 17 in high school in uh, s- southern, a suburb south of Boston. And I thought then, I mean, at the time, gay was the appropriate term. Later realized that wasn't appropriate. It was appropriate at the time, but I'm a trans woman and that's more appropriate. So essentially on June 14th, I was walking with um, gay men and a trans woman and I was really irritated because I thought, really, God, you're why do you keep bringing these trans women to me? Like, okay. So um, long story short, she made a comment that really, that really changed my life, which was that she said, um, it's not who you go to bed with, it's who you go to bed as. And I got it. I got it. Um, that really just made me wake up and I thought, okay, I really need to take a look at this again. I need to make sure that I'm making the right decision if I'm going to stay male or am I going to transition to a female? And that really woke me up. So at this point, were you living as a woman or? Oh, I was living way? as a man. Okay. So when you said, when you said that was a pivotal moment, was it that you needed to 
go full swing into this? And No. And what it means is that I needed to revisit. And what I mean is uh, at the age of, uh, I'll just tell you my age, yeah. I'm 44. And at the age of 40, I um, went to my doctor because I was frustrated with my body and that I couldn't lose the weight that I wanted to because I've always struggled with weight. Um, and long story short, he- And you sh- look great. And that's not just like a, you know, kissing Thanks. butt to the-, to the- Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, you right. do. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I feel great. Yeah. Um, but so the doctor told me without giving me a physical um, that I had Kleinfelters because I have hips and breast tissue. That's now. different than Seinfelders. Ha <laughs> ha. Yes, <laughs> okay. much different. Um, so you had no. something called Klein? I've never heard of Klein this. Kleinfelters. How do you spell it? K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T-E-R apostrophe S syndrome. Okay. So wow. um, what that means is um, men are born X- Y and women are born XX. I was born XXY. So I have an extra X chromosome and I have, it's 47 chromosomes. So I have um, hips and I have extra breast tissue. Um, You know, at the time that I was living as a man, I would have women comment about how they resented me because I had better hips than they did. Now, when you're living as a man, the the last thing you want to hear is you have better hips. You're kind of like irritated. Yeah. Um, So... But now that I'm transitioning to a woman, I have I hear from trans women that they're not really happy that I have, not that they're not happy, they're jealous because I already have the shape of a woman's body and that kind of maybe upsets them. So when you say syndrome, it, it really, there's nothing that affects you. Like it doesn't affect your, your well-being, the feelings of, well, of good health, correct? For some people it does. Um, that I only learned at 40. What I do know are there are symptoms or signs about having the Klein filters. And I, I guess what I mean to tell you is that if you're heterosexual, since I didn't identify as heterosexual, if you're heterosexual, generally heterosexual men find out about Klein filters when they try to give birth, try to have children because your sperm is sterile. So mm-hmm. I didn't know this because I wasn't trying to have kids. But the other piece to it is there's other factors when you're a child that might occur, like having a learned, learning disability, which I had, and I didn't know that that was part of the reason. So there's other- You had a learning disability. I did. And that's part of the Kleinfelters, but I didn't know that. What and, was your learning disability? Um, honestly, I don't recall. I just know that I had, I it struggled. Was bad with, memory. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I struggled you. with reading comprehension. I know that's part of okay. what it was. But um, at the time when the doctor came, told me this, he was apologetic. And he said, I'm really sorry that we never, nobody ever told you before because I could have spared you a lot of pain mm-hmm. or they could have the doctors. And I said, it's fine. You know, we get what we get when we get it. But you know, he said, I could have helped you with your eating disorder because I have one or your or your alcoholism because I have suffered from alcoholism. So, you know, it is what it is. But but now it's a wonderful thing because it helps me more with my transition. The the um, syndrome isn't what causes addiction, no, but no. it's when you're uncomfortable in your with skin the, and what and perhaps I'm guessing if you have something that no one knows you have as far as a learning disability. Right that creates uncomfortable feelings and that could be medicated through, through addiction. Right. It could be. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. And so this is uh, interesting. I'm just imagining you're, you grew up in, uh, on the East coast. Correct. And what we're. Um, south of Boston. Okay. It's a rough neighborhood, isn't it? Yeah. What do your parents do? Um, my dad's an engineer and my mother um, is semi-retired. Okay. And are they religious? Mm, my dad is a born again Christian and my mom's Catholic. Okay. And how were you raised? Um, well, 
really religion wasn't a part of it. I'm the one who actually sought out religion um, because I wanted to have something to believe in. Like, I don't know why, but at some point in my life, I felt like I needed to have a relationship with a higher power um, when I was a child. Um, So, you know, I was really excited when I heard that my dad had gotten religion until I learned what his religion was. Um, cause it's very, I think it's a scary kind of thing. Well, how, how old was, were you when that happened? That, um, the born again, uh, 10. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So, so was it was very ten? transformative years, you know, oh. or formative years, which was, it had a negative impact. But on your me. mother was, was practicing Catholic, Catholicism. But they were, they divorced. Okay. And so when he remarried, he married a born again woman and then they, be, then he became born again. So was there a lot of, uh, homophobic conversation? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, basically, you know, my dad at one point said that if I prayed and read the Bible, I could be heterosexual, as if that's going to really make a difference. It, it, this is when you came out to him? I never, well, I did come out to him, but um, we don't really have much of a relationship, so it didn't really matter his kinds of comments, you know? So how old were you uh, when he said that, when he made that comment? I don't remember. Okay. It was probably in my late teens, because I came out at 17. So it was when he already had known? yes. Okay. Yes. I always, you know, like I, I don't have children, but if I did, I would care less. I right. would, I'd be kind of like, if I had a gay son, I, I mean, I, I think that could be really fun. <laughs> I mean, like this is going to sound, I don't know, just maybe that sounds weird, but like, you know, it's like another it's experience, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, I, you know, I just love him to death. Right. I'm, I'm just amazed that anyone, uh, has ill feelings towards a child for being who they are. Right. So, so you don't have a relationship with your dad. No. Okay. And, but were you raised with, by your mother then after yes. your, and yes. that divorce was when you were like, um, nine. And the homophobic stuff was happening while you were a child before he no, you came out. Or no, what? it was really more when I came out, uh-huh. but I mean, I already knew like that that wasn't going to be okay because I mean, this is so funny, but I mean, I loved Madonna. And at the time that she was like 82, you know, he he would tell me, you know, like if they would back scratch records listening for Satan. So I knew that, okay, if, but Madonna wasn't going to be cool, then certainly my being gay wasn't going to be cool. Your dad was going, running the records backwards. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. I love that story. That's so fun. Yeah. What other records did he run? I I don't know. Cindy Lauper? I have no idea. That's good. Prince? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I listened he, to all of them. So he must I, have been pretty busy. Yeah. Barry Manilow? No, I don't know. I bet there's some messages there. <laughs> I totally, well, I don't know. I believe there's everyone's on a, we were talking earlier. I think everyone's kind of like on a spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know if there's anyone, I mean, people say they're hundred percent with something, but I think there's this line and like, I love Barry Manilow growing up mm. and my go-to song at summer camp and other places was Cabaret. Mm. You know, what good is sitting? Now that is not like a seriously straight kid. Like, I mean, there's somewhere like if straight's like the number 10, mm. I think just that song alone drops me down to like like a eight and a half or seven. Right. But I think the the thing is that I'm learning through my transition yeah. is I don't like boxes anymore. No, that's, I, mean, I don't either. It's ridiculous. Why yeah. can't, I mean, like when I was identifying as a gay guy, I would often be accused of being a lesbian because I liked sports. Like as if gay guys can't like sports. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's boxes we put you on You love people. sports. I love sports, yeah. And who's your team? Patriots. Right. And so you like cheaters. No, I don't. Now, 
Um, <laughs> the, there was uh, some, oh, so you showed me your driver's license. Yes. And I want to tell you, you're like a really, like what I would call a hot gay guy. Mm-hmm. And so you must have gotten a lot of action. A lot I, of, I had a lot of attention, we'll say that. Would you, were you promiscuous as a gay guy or what was your, it's a fair question. <laughs> it's a fair question, but you may not get a fair answer. Uh, or, I, I mean, went, you're so I good went, looking in those photos. Thank You'd you. Like to, and thank she, you. Had the, uh, she has the frosted hair. Like, I mean. What I will say is I went through some period of time where I sowed my wild oats, but I came out on the other side to realize that's not who I am. I'm more of a relationship type of a person. Yeah. And um, do you think that, so you identify as as um, as a female. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's who you are. Yep. And as far as um, like your physical actual body, are you male, female? Um, you mentioned that you're you have breasts from like this syndrome, mm-hmm. and is that something that you're enhancing through the hormone therapy? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then I have to ask, and you know, like, what about the rest of you? Or is this like goodbye the rest or? I don't know if that's relevant. I mean, I understand this is a fair question uh, conversation, yes. but sometimes things that are asked of trans people are not fair questions because right. I don't ask about your genitalia. And I wish you would. Do you have any questions? No. I will answer anything. I have none. He is, at, he is, is it's an open forum. He is saying, please ask, ask no, away. I, I, not you interested. have no interest. No. Okay. And I, and I don't, and, he's and I not think her. it's interesting that others have interest in our genitalia because it's just, it's not a Yes, problem. we want to know. I know, but. Good, good. I think, you know what it is? Um, well, <clears throat> I want to get to this. Well, the reason is because I think as a man, like who has um, that, the idea of it being removed is like one of those. And what I can say to you is I used to say, take it, but it's not removed. They turn that into a vagina. So it's not the same thing. And I, so, but I understand where you're coming from. So it wouldn't be taken away, but. Right, it would be turned into a vagina, mm-hmm. you know. So, and, um, but I just think it's interesting. Again, we're going back to the box. We have this idea that in order to be a woman, you have to have a vagina, right? And what do you think about that? That's not up to me. I, I'm only speaking, and I want to say this um, as we're live on how however many minutes yeah. is that I'm only speaking from my experience. I'm not speaking for the transgender community. My experience for me is that I would I would prefer to have a vagina as a woman, but that doesn't mean everyone needs to do that. Right. You know, I think that um, what I, the way I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really not about the genitalia. It's about the heart and the soul and what makes each of us an individual human being. Right. I, and Correct. So the genitals are really like ornaments on a tree in a sense. I mean, uh, and I think that's where people get off the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, there it's, we've been so programmed uh, to sexualize and objectify both men and women that it's natural to kind of go there, I think. Right. And it's the problem with objectification. Right. Whether someone's transitioning or, you know, it doesn't, not looking at someone as just who they are as a human being is a very dangerous or un. I don't think it works. Well, like, for example, it's a good point that you're bringing up is that often we automatically somehow in our head, when we first meet someone, we're always trying to figure out boy, girl, because, and I understand what that might be about is about safety because we've been taught 
that if if you're a boy, then I have to, and I'm a girl, I have to react or behave in a certain way versus the opposite, you know? What do you mean boy, girl? Like Meaning like gender. Like I'm saying, like if I were to walk up on the street and you're, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, are you a man or a woman? Oh, okay. Because I'm, my behavior is going to be different based upon your gender. And mm-hmm. so I think out of safety, we're taught to, okay, who are they? Are they a man or a woman? You know, and that's what that's about. So it's not, it's not a negative. It's just what we do. What are the the do's and don'ts when you're, the things that some people ask you that you kind of just shake your head inside and go, wow, you know, if they only really kind of understood. Like Number you, one is yeah. don't ask if you're going to have surgery. It's none of your business. Any surgery? No. Okay. Which I violated already. Well, that's but okay. I feel like I have carte blanche. <laughs> you know, it's like on the show. We, you mean well. Yes, thank you. You'll pray for me. No, I... That's I, always the most kind I don't need to. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know, I know. So, okay, so question one is about surgery. That's a no-no or just not very respectful. It's no one's business. You're right. I mean, if I knew somebody well, I would share that with them. Sure. But if I don't, I'm not going to. It's not important. So some people who you've never met will think that it's it's appropriate to ask a question like that, you know, in our first meeting. And even people that know you, they might think it's appropriate. I understand that. I mean, right. but but I also, I, I think you understand why the question is asked, but yeah. I, I yeah. could see where it can get irritating after a while. Do you think it's irritating because it's kind of like measuring, are you really a woman or not? Like as if it's a barometer. Like if you're going to get that surgery, mm. if the genitals are gone, then okay. I think what it is, is a real for a lot of men, and you already said it, is they're terrified of what it would be like not to have their penis. Mm. Yeah. And then for women- Maybe they want to know how far you're going to go with it. I, I don't really know. Now, I was thinking about this when we, once we confirmed we were going to be meeting and, um, you know, I know just, we all know being a woman can be challenging. There's this, you just look at the beauty magazines and it's very competitive and uh, there's this sense of, um, I think, an over emphasis on the exterior. Mm-hmm. So if you're transgender... And are you trying to live up to the um, kind of like the social idea of what a a woman should look like and pass, like, is it the ultimate compliment or you've succeeded physically if someone could not recognize you as transgender? Well, or Or is it, I am who I am, I am transgender. If I'm recognized as transgender, that's, who I am. I think that's a big question. Um, I think I had, I had pressure as a gay man. I have pressure as a heterosexual woman. I have pressure. We all have pressure. It's not that I have any more pressure than you have. We all have pressure to look a certain way, especially where we live, Los Angeles. There's a lot of pressure. Really at this point in my life, I feel free for the first time in my life. So I can't deny that I don't think, for example, tonight, um, Vic was very kind. He picked up a Sprinkles um, cupcake. I know the holidays are coming. I need to be careful of what I'm eating. So I am aware of what I eat. That's not a question. That's That hasn't changed. That's who I was before transitioning. That's who I am today. Um, but I don't know that there's a hard and fast answer to your question. Um, I just feel free and that's what I wanted. I've never felt free. I mean, in the way that I do now. I mean, just something as basic as I can wear pink and it doesn't matter. I remember being terrified to wear pink as a gay boy because I felt like I would be killed or bullied or, 
called names. That could still happen today because I am trans. Um, I think the thing that hurts the most about sometimes being trans is being misgendered. And what I mean is sometimes people, even though they'll see me with a skirt or a dress or uh, breasts or a purse, they'll still call me he. And that hurts at times. But they'll I call you what? They'll say he. They'll refer oh, to me as okay. he or they'll call me sir. Um, and so that kind of hurts sometimes. But the longer I the longer I am in the process, it hurts less because it's fine. I, I'm I'm a I'm here to be of service. I mean, that's part of why I'm on the show tonight is because I'm hoping that I'm helping a teen or someone who thinks that, or or someone who's older. I mean, I, I transitioned at 44, and it take it took me all this time. And you that's know. this year. Yes, that's this year. I mean, it's so remarkable. We're so blessed. I mean, it's so great we have you. Mm, thank you. You know, and, and like in your journey right. to be, you know, having this time to talk about this, you can look back at this. It'll be so interesting. I'd love to, you know, we could do a follow-up, I was, you know, 10 years, 20 years, and it'll be, it'll be so interesting. And, you know, you, you have such a confidence mm. and it's, you know, it's, it's great. You know, it's well, really because, special. Thank you. There's, because you have to come to a place where you have to make a decision. Who are you living your life for? Yourself or other people? And I, there were three reasons why I never thought I would transition. Number one, I was afraid of losing my family. Number two, I was afraid I couldn't afford to transition because of surgeries. And number three, I was afraid that there wouldn't be a man or a woman because I don't know my uh, orientation. I didn't know if I romantically would ever find someone that would love me for who I was or who I am. And today, you know, I, um, I thought we might get to this. Today, I do have two brothers who don't speak to me. Um, one's gay and one's not. Um, is but, that are those your entire siblings? Yeah, I have two two siblings. Wow, are they I'm young, younger? Or? They're they're both younger. Yes, and neither will speak to me because they're they're upset. They're angry. What are they angry about? I don't know. Um, that maybe that I am being who I am, and they're not comfortable. So with you that. you mentioned there were three things, and one of them was family. Yep. So what other repercussions have come about? My mother's coming around. She's been amazing. She's coming around. Uh, just Friday, I had a sister in law. My brother, who's four years younger, his wife um, added me to Facebook and she, um, I said, I really wish I could be with you on Christmas day. And she said someday with a smiley face. So that was really helpful. I have four nephews. I have two nephews and two nieces and two nieces were just born in October. And I had really hoped to go home for the holidays, but that's not, that's not happening. So, so what are you doing for the holidays? Oh, I'm going to spend it with friends that love me, you know, and, and th- who that are family. these friends? They live in Tucson. They're, oh, okay, they're right. very wonderful people. Um, so I have lots of people that love me, lots. And I didn't know how many, I mean, that sounds crazy to say that, but I just, what I, what I mean is this process has changed me in a way I never expected. I have more love in my heart than I ever have had in my life. And it's because I chose to love myself first. So um, I have aunts and I have, I have aunts and cousins and um many people in my family that have come forward to, um, to support me and love me. Um, financially, I don't have to worry. Things are different Hold now. On. Okay. Yes. So we, that was family pretty much. Yes. We went through that pretty good. Okay. Yeah. You give grandparents around or? No, they're, they're all. They're passed all on. Okay. Yeah. The, your um, born again father? I don't have a relationship. He doesn't need to know. So he don't even know if he knows about. He, he doesn't know. Okay. And now, yeah, so let's talk about the, the financial worry. That was we, not, That's not something I need to worry about because nowadays um, insurance covers certain surgeries. Okay. Yeah. Great. And then a lover, um, I just, I don't need to worry. I, I just know um, 
with everything else that I've been through in my life, you do the footwork, it will happen. I'm not worried about it. Like, and most importantly, I have me. Like, if I never had a mate, I would be okay. You mentioned, um, I thought I heard you say you weren't sure of your orientation, but then earlier I thought you said well, you what, like what, guys. What I mean is I'm open. Okay. I'm open to whoever I fall in love with. Mm-hmm. I don't like boxes anymore. I used to be really high on the box with, <laughs> uh, with saying I was gay when I was a gay guy. Um, that was important to you. It was important, but it's not important now. The most important thing to me now is that I'm in my right body and I am. Mm-hmm. Now- there's a huge um, uh, issue in the transgender community with uh, depression mm-hmm. and addiction. Mm-hmm. And you briefly mentioned that you had an eating disorder. Would you say you still have an eating disorder? No. I mean, I think it's like alcoholism. Once, you've, once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. So, I mean, yes, I mean, it's there, but I'm, I'm healthy. I, I was anorexic at one time. I'm not that now. I, I wouldn't say I'm overweight now. I mean, I weigh more than maybe I'd like, but I just, I'm a, I've been a normal weight for who I am or where I'm at in my life. Okay. Something popped in my head. It's totally a right term, but it was back to the surgery. Mm-hmm. If I were to get that surgery... I don't get why people are going to like the Philippines or like South America. I wouldn't, I would, I've heard people are doing that for like the money. Well, it's a lot, it's a lot more, it's more inexpensive. And the other thing is not the Philippines. I haven't heard of the Philippines. Most people go to Bangkok. Maybe that's what it was. Because they've been doing the surgery the longest. So it's actually. uh, And they're way more progressive in a lot of ways than we are. I was, you know, maybe because that American thing. We're Americans, you know, everything's the best here. Yeah. Like medically. Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, so I, don't I should know. rethink, not that I'm planning to have the surgery, right. but I've already decided. If I were to have, <laughs> okay, so that's, that's kind of not accurate, inaccurate thinking on my part as far as I where mean, people go. I mean, there are people that have surgeries here. I mean, not to say. You- I think that was for people, a lot of people are getting their penises in Bangkok. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure I knew, yeah, that, that was, I've heard that with a few people. Um, I really did take a right turn, That's okay. admittedly. Uh, so what was, and then there was the third thing. Did we cover, we covered yeah, financial? The and the lover, right. Okay, and we were talking about addiction. So you said that your um, eating disorder is pretty much uh, in a healthy place. Correct. And regarding the drinking were both of these results of you not feeling comfortable with your sexuality i don't know if you can say that i think honestly i think i don't think you can pinpoint why someone's an addict and why someone's not i mean i i started drinking at 16 um you know i'm grateful i've been sober um 18 years i i don't have a desire to drink today i don't know i don't really care why i drink i mean I drank because I like to drink. You know, I, I, I never had a drink in my life. I don't see the point of a drink. Several mm-hmm. drinks, I can see the point, but not a drink. But I just don't know how, what, what's the benefit of trying to figure out why you drank. I don't know the Do you feel that um, getting sober from drinking and getting a handle on your eating disorder cleared the path for you to make the choice to be Katie? Absolutely. And How? Because in sobriety, you are asked to take a look at yourself and you do rigorous inventory, which is uh, to write out a list of resentments and to be honest about your fears and your sexuality or how you are sexually with people. 
So in that process, you are asked to be honest. And, you know, I want to be authentic and I am being authentic. Um, if I were drinking, I wouldn't care about anything. And so I'm not drinking and I do eat pretty healthily. And, um, you know, there are other areas of my life that are affected or impacted when I'm sober, which is that I also uh, live solvently. And what that means is I don't use credit cards. I only use cash. And I focus on making sure that I am all that I am, meaning I'm not under being. I'm actually being who I am and whatever that looks like. Explain, so, I, I love that term, under being. Okay. And can you explain that? Sure. So under being is about knowing that there's something more inside you and you want it to let it out. And that's actually kind of what brought me to this place of expressing who I am, which was a vision that I had, which is that I want to make sure that I fully um, transmit what I have to others so that they can, if those that don't have a voice can have a voice. Because, you know, for many years I didn't have a voice and I do have a voice today. Getting back to your childhood real quickly, a lot of times they're boys, they dress like girls, they play with girls' toys. Were you that kind of child? Sure. I played with Barbie and um, I think I may have played with my mother's makeup and I, I did do drag when I was, um, before I got sober and then when I got sober. So, But drag um, didn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but then you didn't think of yourself as female. You, no. you hadn't put it together yet. No. Because it wasn't, it was in 89 when gay was just becoming something to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I knew one transgender woman, but it just never registered at the time. How did uh, Bruce Jenner turning, uh, you know, becoming Caitlyn, how did that affect, if any way, your transition? Well, what's interesting is the next day after I had just started talking about this topic again is when Vanity Fair came out with the article. And this, if you haven't seen it, it was a very famous now article, right. really detailing right. his journey. Right. Um, or her journey. Um, that's funny I said his. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I know that in our community, and I mean the transgender community, unfortunately, there's a lot of anger and a lot of hate. And I think it happens in all the communities. But some people are jealous of other people. Like, for example even in the heterosexual community or in the celebrity community, people hate on people that have things. People can't be grateful for or can't have, um, can't be happy for other people that they have to pick apart what is great in those people's lives. And so why I say that is because I know that she has um, status that I don't have, but that doesn't mean that she's that doesn't mean that she's a bad person. It's just that she or she earned what she has. Well, like, I mean, but that's a whole nother topic. But I, did, is there, is there, um, did she in touch, does her story touch you in a way or okay. did it have a personal impact on you? Okay. Sure. And if so, how? Sure. Um, it helped me because when I would, when I was explaining to people about why I was transitioning, her talk about gender dysphoria was really helpful for my friends to read that article. And it actually helped me too, because I understood what she, what she talked about in her article with her children, how one of her children made a comment about, um, you know, I think it was her son who said, 
that they were happy if she was happy because when they were her, when she was their dad, he wasn't connected. He was um, kind of all over the place. And now seeing um, Bruce as Caitlin, he's more together. He's more who he, she's more who she is in a way that they never felt like they knew who their father was. So I understood that because I always was confused about who I was. Um, I always identified with females, with women, not understanding why. I thought it was because I was gay. And I guess the point I would want to make about that is, um, and something that um, Chaz Bono um, helped me with in his book was that he at the time, she at the time got gender identity and sexual orientation confused. And I did the same. And I have realized now that there are many more people than I expected who once identified as gay or lesbian who in fact were really the opposite sex. So this is more common than I, I knew. Wow. And for a long time, I was afraid to transition. Not a long time, but I was a little bit afraid of transitioning because I was afraid of what I have to let go of the gay community. And I don't because I'm a part of the gay community because they're the transgender people are part of the gay community. You know, one of the things that the reason I wanted you to come in and, and for us to talk is because I was drawn to how you were radiating mm. such just joy mm. and contentment mm -hmm. and just uh, a sense of, uh, I don't know, just like a bright light. Mm. And it was just, just fantastic. Mm. And, um, you know, I hope you never lose that. I mean, I don't think you will because I think that's your essence. That's mm. how it felt. It mm. felt so real and authentic. And, um, and I just, I just wanted to share that with you. Um, when you, two weeks ago, you had mentioned you had come to your, your workplace as, as Katie. Mm -hmm. So prior to that, were you dressing as a man? Yeah. That and was the only place that I was dressing as a man was at work. Every other place I was Katie. When did you start dressing as a woman outside of work where it became a daily thing? Well, it wasn't daily. I mean, in the summer, I just decided I'm going to start dressing on the weekend. Um, you know, for, as soon as Friday night hits, I, I, I go to a trans support group at the Gay and Lesbian Center in, in Hollywood. And so at that point, I said, okay, I'm going to Friday night, I'll wear, I'll dress as Katie and I'll go through till Monday. And I just started doing that. And then during the week, I would dress at night to go out as Katie. What was the first outfit you wore as Katie? Do you remember it? Yeah. What was it? Um, it was a um, leopard print <laughs> dress <laughs> and a wig and makeup. And, and I went to a trans pride event at the Gay and Lesbian Center where... Um, I saw Kate Bornstein and another lady that I can't recall her name at this moment. And how did you choose that outfit? Like what, what was it about that outfit? That I, only had, a, I only had a couple outfits um, and that was actually given to me by a very dear friend. And I went with a trans friend um, and her partner um, did my makeup and, you know, and I went, with my, I went with her partner who's a trans woman. You remember the day? Yeah, it was June 19th. Uh, 2015. Yeah, five days after the gay pride. Um, March. What's really interesting to me also is that the March and, you know, I've lived in Los Angeles for a number of years and I've gone to various events, you know, West Hollywood and in the, the parade and, and there's other things that go on. And I didn't realize how, how important those things are. See, I always thought it was like, um, it was a public event of people publicly ex expressing who they were 
And it kind of, in a way, kind of stopped there. Mm. And I didn't realize that it was like so transformative in the sense of people kind of through the event itself getting better understanding of themselves. Mm. That it wasn't, it was happening on the inside Well, so much. What's funny about it is I went to support my friend and his friend who was on a cover of a magazine um, about HIV. Um, and it basically said that we are not our status. And so I was there to support mm -hmm. them. And it just, you know, I believe in God and I just think it all was supposed to be the way it was. You know, and I talked to this trans woman um, and she made an impact on my life. Yeah, that's just awesome. Again, I just love the, that this is all so fresh right. in your life. Right. I just want to make sure I touch on one point that yeah, I missed, please. which is about Caitlyn Jenner. Um, there are a lot of people who are angry at her because of some of the things she says. And I, what I like about her show is that she says what she says. Her show. Oh, I, am, the, I am Kate. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I love is that and she- And that's on E, right? That's on, I, think, I don't recall. Okay. Sorry. I just want it's people, okay. you know, all right. of you listening right. um, and watching. It is on E, actually. Um, so what I like about what she says is that the, the, the ignorant things that she says, all of America can hear. And so when they recognize maybe that, wow, that's not really the thing you should say. That's what I like because then, then it makes it more human. It makes it more helpful for other people to see that, yeah, this is maybe not the thing to say. I know some people are upset because they feel like she shouldn't be considered a role model. You're saying the things that she says yes. are things. So you're saying, Sometimes with, she's, she you're makes, saying within the, the transgender community, the, there can be, you can learn things to say or not say as transgender about being transgender. Is that what you're, you're saying? That's correct. But I'm also okay. saying that um, non-transgender people, what we call cisgendered, cis, cis, C-I-S, that means, um, for example, Vic, I know that you're a, heter cis? You're a cis because you, your brain um, and your body, they match. You are um, a straight guy. So right. because they match, you're considered cis. So okay. C-I-S so stands for? C-I-S means... Um, I don't, I don't know. Cohen is straight. Okay. <laughs> there we go. That's <laughs> okay. good. That's good. CIS. Yes, yeah, CIS. So for cisgendered people, they can see that maybe some of the things that she's saying are ignorant and it's a way to, for this, for society to be educated. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, there's two um, well-known trans people on the show. Shondi, um, I may not be saying her name right, but the African-American woman and then um, the the Caucasian woman who's right now, her name is escaping me, um, Candace Kane. So the two of them, and then there's other people that come onto the show, um, who, one's an author. And anyways, they will talk to her. Jenny Boylan is her name. They will talk to her and they will make her see, or they will give her ideas as to maybe the things that she's saying, they're not really that um, appropriate. And so when, when those things happen, then everyone gets educated, you know, mm -hmm. ignorant people. Everyone. I'm, I mean, I can be ignorant too. So it's humanizing. I, it's humanizing. The whole experience. Right. And, and, and I guess the point of the whole thing that I want to make here is that I'm not an expert on being transgender. Um, nobody is, I don't believe. I, mm -hmm. I believe nobody is. We're all trying to just make it in this world. And the one thing I would say about be transitioning to transgender is that, um, or transitioning, is that it's happening very, it happens, it might feel like it's happening quickly because there's a lot to learn really quickly. You know, what yeah. to wear, how to wear it, what to say, what not to say. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's a, there's no guidebook. You know, uh, one of the things that I remember 
that I don't, I'm embarrassed to admit, but you know, it's an honest, I like us to be totally honest here. And I remember like, you know, you go, oh man, she's, that's really a man because, uh, you know, the old thing was like, it's not old. It used people say now like, oh, there's an Adam's apple or their finger. Oh, if you can always tell by looking at their hands as mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, you're trying to play detective and, uh, or tall. Now you're really a tall lady. Right. Um, but I don't have an apple, Adam's apple and my hands are small. You're, what, how tall are you? Six, Six one. Okay. And do you wear heels? Yes. Now, are you self-conscious of your height? No. Yeah. I wasn't going to wear heels. I don't wear heels, I'll tell you. I, I wear, I do wear heels, but not the tall ones. And I wasn't going to, but a friend, a dear friend said, don't let them take that from you. Wear heels. Yeah. You know, and, and she's six four, and she wears heels. Well, that's why my question earlier, was, where it was coming from, it's kind of like, is the idea that, I need to look like a woman, uh, like I, you know, like I could pass, but you know, like well, it has to be for safety. I would like to look more, more like a woman. I mean, I, I feel like I do. So, but for safety, yes, there is that component. I mean, of wanting to pass, but do you mean safety because there are hateful people who right, can harm you, right. Because of their ignorance. Hate? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And because. That's really sad. You can't go without saying this. I can't go without saying this, that um, there's always this day, it's called the Day of Remembrance. Um, it's in December. Um, and it's about remembering the women who, I shouldn't say just women, trans men and women who have lost their lives as the result of their being transgender. And there have been many murders every year. And so, yes, I have to be aware of where I am, which I always am anyways, but- that's more of a reason. So you feel even more of a target than, let's say, uh, when you were a gay man. I yeah, I would believe that. Yes, it's crazy. It's sad, but I, I think it's really important that you're bringing that up, right? Because right? I wouldn't have even thought that. Right. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you if you we're going to play a little game. Okay. What percentage of the United States is transgender? Now, I'm going to give you some options. Okay. And you can play at home. This is what we call the transgender percentage game. <laughs> Jeremy, do we have any game music? Um, no. No, that's Jeremy. He runs the place. And no, we don't it. really have anything ready. Nothing? No uh, transgender statistical game show music? No. Okay, I want you to I'll play this too, okay? I'm going to give you four options. Okay. Again... This is what percent of the American population is transgender. Now, it is very hard to find this number. I mean, I really looked around. So this is the consensus. It's not the, the Census Bureau. Census Bureau, isn't that what we call it? They don't sit and that's not a question they ask. Right. Here are your options. You ready, guys and lady? I just call you. You know, guys can be, it's, hey. Yeah. See, this is where I, I get like freaked out, no, like okay. paranoid. I've, I've gotten used to that. Okay. It's all good. Let's start the show over. <laughs> okay. It's true though. I get like, I want to be like respectful. And then I, if I say something then I get all like, that. all right, here we go. Jeremy, you there? Yeah. Okay. Is it 0.1%? This again is percentage of the American population that identifies as transgender. 0.1%, 0.3%, or 3%. Again, for you playing at home, as well as Katie and Jeremy, those options are 0.1%, 0.3%, 1%, 
1% or 3%? I'll say 1%. 1%. That might be high. Katie, she says 1%. What do you say, Jeremy? Um, I was going to say 1% as well, 1%. 1%. 1 out of 100 people identifies as transgender. And how about you at home or wherever you're listening? Okay, one of you was correct. The correct answer is 0.3. Mm. So 1% is just a little too high. Mm. That's 700,000 people. Wow. I don't think that's a lot. But the piece here is how are they getting that information? If A, there is well, no information, there's no question on the Census Bureau, and B, who's, we, how, do you, how do you count that? Who's reporting it? Yeah, it's a very hard statistic, but right. from the best that has been done through GLAD and other organizations, right. Right. that's where this, this general number has come from. So we talked a little bit about depression and, um, and you talked about a day of remembrance. Mm -hmm. And I found this statistic to be uh, really sad and particularly because this is a suicide statistic. Uh, I would think that if one were finally being true to themselves, self, that they would have inner peace and therefore would be less likely to do self-harm. 41% mm. of transgender people in the USA have attempted suicide. Now, here's the thing that might have been prior to mm. the change. Right. That number seems high to me. Does that to you? No. And why not? I mean, that's a high number. Because that's the thing the that's different about being trans versus gay is not everyone passes. And even when you're gay, you're, you know, I, I should speak for myself. I mean, when I was gay, I tried to be more masculine because I was afraid of being more feminine. So I tried to be, I was in the middle. I never saw myself as masculine and I try, I definitely tried not to be feminine. So I tried to play the middle because I was afraid of, afraid of bullying or being a victim of violence. So it's kind of the same thing. But when you're trans and you're trying to pass as a female, um, you know, there's things that we have to do. The other piece is that not everybody can afford to do what you need to do. You know, I, I have laser hair removal to take hair off my face so that I will be more easily passable. Permanent laser removal? Yeah, but not everybody can afford that. I mean, there's so How many- How much is it? It's not very expensive, but- but it's also hard to find work too for trans people. I mean, I'm lucky I already had a career and I'm in the social services. So they're, they're accepting in a way that other careers may not be, even though we, we live and work in California where it's illegal to discriminate based upon gender identity. It's hard for trans men and women to get jobs. How much is the full package? <laughs> Let's say someone's like, I'm going all out. I'm, it's the Rolls Royce Beverly Hills plan. I don't know what the full package is. I mean- you think a half a million dollars? On what? This would be from head to toe oh, transitioning. I don't know. I mean, it depends on where you go. I mean, it also depends, does insurance cover it? I mean, it's right. those kinds of things. Right. I don't, I don't have- So your you think the depression sometimes comes from uh, people who are uh, transitioning, who don't have the money to, to actually well, pass as whatever they feel they truly are. It's, it's not as simple as that. I, mean, I know that I, does sound real simple. It's not that simple. I, I, what I would say is that like being gay, often trans men and women don't have the support of their family. You know, I'm lucky even though I don't have two brothers that, even though currently I have two brothers who don't speak to me, I'm lucky 
because I have an incredible amount of support from friends who are family and then other family members. But there are some trans men and women who have no family that support them, none. Parents disown completely or they don't have a support group. You know, I'm, I'm a member of a 12-step program and I have that support. People that aren't alcoholics or addicts or have any kind of issue like that, they don't have that. So, I mean, that could also be part of why they are depressed. Have you been suicidal? In my life, yes. Have you tried to kill yourself? I, in the past, yes. And what was that about? It was about addiction. And what was that about? Not being connected to who I was. Not knowing that I was a worthwhile, lovable person. And did that have anything to do with the gender issue? Or was it just even more basic I don't know. than that? I don't, I don't believe so. It was just more about... really wanting someone else to take care of me because I just didn't have the energy to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. That was around the time that I was anorexic when I was 20, in my 20, early 20s. This is multiple times you tried to take your life? A few times in that era, in that period. And of this my is life. like uh, 20 years ago ish. Is that still in your no, galaxy? No way. No way. Thank God. Yep. Thank Goddess. <laughs> is it because of, um, because of like, you've done a lot of your- Because I've done a lot of work. Um, I've, I've got outside help and I'm in 12-step um, programs and, and I have a connection with a higher power. Do you do therapy? Oh yeah, that's what I meant by outside help. Okay, yes. and do you take medication? No, I mean, I take, depression I take estrogen. Or? That's all I take. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your, your life is so full. I mean, it, you're, it you're really young for so much to have- going on. Uh, do you have a master's then? I do. Okay. And is that like uh, from a big school or? No, a big... it's a Cal State school. Well, those are, those are good universities. Yeah. Um, like Northridge is particularly, I don't know if it's Northridge. No. But, okay. But I mean, these, there are a lot of these, you know, I mean, I respect those, not that small school. Right. You kind of downplay it. I mean. Well, I mean, it's not like, um, I don't know. It's not like UCLA, I guess is what I'm okay. saying. It's not but a large school. You went to a four-year college yep, university, and, yep. and you got a master's degree. Yep. And um, that's great. Yeah. So what does the future look like for you? Well, that's- Career-wise Yet to be decided. Yeah. Um, you know, I will tell you, um, I don't know how we are with time. We've got, we've got about five or six minutes. Okay. So what I will tell you is that in April, I left a job that I had done for nearly five years where I worked for Child Protective Services and I um, was a child abuse investigator. And then in May, I started a new job where I am now and I work with children and families through children's services and probation. Um, but I'm, I, and I will say, I love working with children primarily and their parents, but I really love working with the children. I, I still want to work with children. Um, but I also want to do other things. Um, you know, I'm looking into acting and writing and um, I'm, I'm just open to wherever God wants me to be. However, I can best serve people. That's what I want to do. I want to feel free. That's, you know, that's really the bottom line is I want to continue to feel the way that I feel. And I guess the one thing I want to just say about transitioning that's been the best gift of this whole process is that I feel free for the first time in my life. And um, it shows. And it's, I'm lighter. And I, I've received so much love because I've loved myself. And then I lo can love other people. And then when I love other people, they love me back. Now, that's not the reason I do it. I do it just because that's what, who I've always been. I've always been love. 
but I never could get in touch with that until I was able to fully be who I am. And now I am fully who I am. There was someone in addiction who worked in addiction or uh, was a, like a sponsor mm-hmm. in a, uh, of a 12-step, in a 12-step program. And I remember him sharing with someone uh, something that was shared to me that I just thought was brilliant. And it was around getting sober and a lot of people, when they're trying to get sober, like to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And they like to negotiate, um, well, I'd still like to do this. And they'll talk to their sponsor sometimes, depending on the addiction, of course. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I heard that just, um, I love, and I think it applies to everyone, whether you're an addict or not. The thing he said was, how free do you want to be? Right. Because you get to decide. Right. I get to decide, ultimately. Yeah. And like I said, I think it has, that this transcends addiction. It's how free do I want to be from habits, bad health. So, you know, it's, it's my choice. Right. And uh, I also want to be free. And it's great that you found a path towards freedom because clearly you, you know, you've, you've gone through a lot. Right. Now, mo- most uh, women who were uh, who are anorexic or were usually uh, had sexual abuse. Was this part of your background as well? Yes. And how did that play into all of this? Um, I don't know what you mean specifically. Well, do you think it formed any, um, does it connect in any way to you being free to who, with who you are? Does it have bigger importance? I mean, Perhaps the abuse, deep down, there's often shame. Mm. And shame can keep me and others, I believe, from being free because of fear of being hurt again. Sure. I would say that um, what I mentioned earlier without saying it was that I didn't have a voice. I have a voice today. That's why I got involved and social work, that's why I decided to work for children, uh, DCFS, Department of Children and Family Services, because at one time I was a child who didn't have a voice and I wanted to protect the kids that I could help protect because I wasn't protected. Mm. Because wow. I, could have been, I could have been removed from my home, but I wasn't and it's okay because I've, I've, with, with many people in my life, I've overcome many things and I have a huge amount of, compassion and empathy for people, parents that abuse their children and children that have been abused. You know, I mean, it's cliche to say this, but I believe like what Oprah would say is that we would do better when we know better. And that's kind of how I see it. Mm. You know, it's also very, go on, sorry. And, you know, I, I will just say this. I've never said this on live television. My father was my perpetrator and I love my father. I will always love my father. I may not like him, but I love him. He's my father but that I choose not to have a relationship with him today. And that's okay. I have one with my mother and, and the family members that are in my life. And I'm stronger because I, I've found a way to heal. And, um, you know, that's really my passion in my life is to make sure that those that don't have a voice have a voice. And if I can help people have a voice, then that's, I'm all for it. How does that feel to say him? name him as your perpetrator for the first time. I've, in a, I mean, I've, I've in always, a public I, way. Um, it doesn't feel any, I mean, it, I don't know. It's because we're talking about being free. I was just curious if right. perhaps it gave you a sense of some 
freedom of any sort? I mean, I've already felt free because I've, you know, I'm 44 and I didn't know that I was molested until I was six months sober. And that was at Mm. the time I was 18, 19. So I've had many years to work on it, but it is interesting to share it out loud in, in public. I don't have anything to be ashamed of. I was a child, you know, and so, um, I guess I just want to say if there's anyone else out there who has had this experience, I know that you can recover from it because I have. So that would be what I would say. Again, I just want to use myself as a vessel that you can be free from any, anything. Well, um, Jeremy, uh, my clock is, (laughs) this is again, our first time in the studio, did never really started working. Uh, Where are we with time? Are we about at? Yeah, you're right, right at an hour. Okay. Right now. Okay, great. So we're going to have to, unfortunately, wrap it up. But I just cannot thank you enough. Uh, Katie, I'm sure you have touched a lot of people. And there are going to be people, many of you watching and listening, who would love to perhaps find you or, uh, you know, how would they get a hold of you? you, You're on Facebook, right? I'm on Facebook. Uh, You could also um, send me an email at Katie Michaels. That's K-A-T-Y-M-K-L-S. M-I. No. Oh, whoa, whoa. K-A-T-Y. M- <laughs> Why am I telling you your email address? Right. K-A-T-Y-M-K-L-S at iCloud.com. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking of how you spell your... Right. Okay, great. And um, are you, you welcome that, correct? I welcome that. And I'm also on Facebook under Katie Michaels. It's actually Katie Brianna Michaels, spelled out the regular way, M-I-C-H-A-L-S. Yeah, Brianna. Because Why Brianna? Because when I was uh, of a male, when I was male, um, that was, Brian was my middle name. Oh, Okay. Great. Well, I want to give you a big hug, but it's a very big table. I'm sure everyone here, all of you would love to give her a hug. You can, again, send Katie your, your love. There's, she gave you a few ways of doing it. And um, thank you all for joining us here. I can't wait to see you again. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. And thanks again, Katie. Thank you. So great to have you. Likewise. See you soon. Bye-bye. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. 